Welcome to the European CME Forum podcast. European CME Forum is a not-for-profit organization that promotes multi-channel discussion on matters relating to European and global CME CPD. My name is Eugene Pozniak. I'm the Program Director of European CME Forum. In today's episode, Elizabeth Kelly from Eli Lilly presents highlights from the breakout session she led with Pamela Mason and Patricia Jassak during last year's 13th annual meeting of the European CME Forum. The focus of today's episode is, what does industry expect in good IME? So we talked um, initially about different kinds of formats. Um, I mean, we know that with uh, COVID-19, um, you know, doctors um, and other HCPs are looking more and more to um, IME uh, to get their uh, medical education. Um, so we talked about um, the use of Twitter feeds. Um, we talked about the use of, of LinkedIn and, um, and really what our changing IME needs are for our HCPs. Um, you know, they're looking to different formats. We talked about uh, millennials um, and how they often want um, education on the go. So it might be that they won't necessarily sit in front of their computers, but they might want to be able to pick up um, short bursts of education, maybe five minutes on their uh, uh, phone, uh, perhaps between, um, uh, you know, patient visits. Um, so it, it's a much more fast moving um, way that uh, doctors are consuming their uh, CME. Um, then we, we talked about, you know, how do we uh, enhance interactivity? What kind of tools and resources um, should um, IME be providing um, to enhance interactivity? So uh, we talked about um, some experiences of using uh, whiteboards, and we know there are other tools that can help to facilitate uh, that interactivity as well. Um, and then also, how can we personalize education? We know that all our learners are not the same. Um, so we wanted to sort of think about, you know, how could providers think about um, how they can respond uh, to the, the differing needs that HCPs have. Um, and that might be because of their age. It might be uh, where they're actually working. So really uh, deeply understanding uh, needs and gaps is very important uh, because somebody working in a big academic institution may have very different needs from somebody who's in the community. So thinking um, about personalization and adaptive learning is really important um, and, you know, and, and changing up the formats to respond to that. We then uh, moved on to discuss three very hot topics. One of them was around diversity and inclusion. The second was about including the voice of the patient in IME. And then also uh, we talked about the impact of COVID-19 and, and how um, IME is responding to that, uh, not just now, but going into uh, next year as well. So starting with uh, diversity and inclusion, we wanted to see IME that actually responds to this, that recognises um, these challenges. And I think, you know, COVID-19 has really kind of emphasised, um, you know, how much disparity there is in healthcare. So we would like to see IME companies responding to this 
so addressing those uh, gaps and, and how IME could help to provide um, education around addressing um, and uh, meeting those those gaps that are ever widening uh, because of um, of COVID. We also uh, then discussed a little bit about the role of, we're seeing more women in healthcare. Uh, we know there's uh, there's now over 50% of HCPs are now women and how that might change uh, in terms of that sort of addressing some of those disparity gaps. And then we, we moved on to talk about the voice of the patient and how important that was um, in perhaps changing at some of the attitudinal gaps. You know, uh, there are, you know, certain uh, diseases where, you know, perhaps they're not so much life threatening, but we know they have a serious impact on not only quality of life, uh, mental health, their social impact and how uh, IME providers could perhaps incorporate um, the voice of the patient or patients in education, which could perhaps uh, address some of those attitudinal gaps, which could then go on to improve um, uh, performance. Um, and then finally, uh, we talked about um, the uh, impact of COVID-19 and how IME providers are responding to this. We know that it's highly unlikely that we will ever go back to exactly as we were in terms of, you know, how people consume education. So uh, we felt that that was really important going forwards that we can, you know, going back to what I was saying before about our evolving formats, how we do bite-sized education. Education, um, you know, doctors will be traveling less to to congresses, and so IME has a, a huge role to play um, in in addressing those that continuous need for education as the therapeutic landscape continues to evolve apace. Fantastic, thank you, Liz. Um, actually, I do. I, I will ask you a, a follow up question because you're talking about sort of IME providers, of course. Mm. So is providers of medical education, which would include the professional providers like members of the Good CME Practice Group, but also medical societies, hospitals, yes. uh, anyone who pr provides edu uh, education. Uh, uh, uh. And of course, some of the words you use there, like bite-sized learning, whiteboards, Twitter, Facebook, patients, you know, these words don't exist in the lexicon of, of uh. our accreditation bodies in Europe. So when uh, you as a drug company look at sort of IME programs, does that mean you're not really interested in that CME accreditation part? Um, I think accreditation is certainly important um, and uh, and in the US we know that it's essential um, but it, I think it, it's not the number one driver always for physicians in terms of consuming uh, education to ensure that it's accredited. Um, and I know, you know, sometimes they have to complete evaluations in order to get their CME credits. And we know that that doesn't always happen. So that would tell us that, um, you know, doctors, it, it's not always the number one driver. So I would say accreditation is, is important, but it's not necessarily the most important factor. So um, and, and it's getting that education, as you say, uh, you know, with you know, we do partner with medical societies. We also partner with advocacy at times as well um, and, and other uh, bodies. Um, so it's, it is, as you say, a whole lexicon. That was Elizabeth Kelly from Eli Lilly. 
discussing what industry expects in good IME. If you would like to learn more about this topic, you can now register for the 14th Annual Meeting and gain access to the complete archive of last year's 13th Annual European CME Forum, consisting of all the plenary and workshop sessions with over 18 hours of CME CPD content from a faculty of 70 experts in European and global CME. More information on the upcoming 14th Annual European CME Forum and this year's JECME Special Collection can be found on our website, cmeforum.org. Thank you for listening and join us for more episodes as we explore all things CME CPD. Music